I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are live with episode, oh man, is this episode number 12? Episode number 12 of Sales Team Rescue. This might officially be the most consistent thing I've done in my life. This show. <laughs> uh, so thank you everyone watching live for being here. Um, those of you listening on the podcast, thank you as well. Today we have a great show for you and I'm really, really excited to introduce our guests. Uh, so first of all, let's push a little button, have our fancy tech show up, boom. I'm your host, Jeremy DeMerchant, and as you've seen, hopefully for the past 11 weeks, we're going to continue to be here every single Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern to show you how you can make an impact in your sales, your business, and your sales team. So today, our special guest is Dallas Hardcastle. Boom, title up there. Awesome. Now, Dallas is the founder of The Ultimate Sales Shift. And he goes against the grain with his, wait for it, no clothes approach. He's committed to making a deep, they're going deep to making a difference for businesses all over the world. And this, so this is really interesting. And I want to bring, this is probably going to be the core of our conversation, actually. Dallas actually feels that closing doesn't play a role in sales. So first of all, join me in welcoming Dallas to Sales Team Rescue. Dallas, thank you so much for being here. Hey, Jeremy, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah, and we actually met um, quite a few years ago now. Uh, we were both interviewed on another amazing uh, show called Natural Born Coaches from our good friend Mark Mowinney. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been connected now for years, and I've been watching as your your business has grown and shifted, and, um, and I know we've both gone through some transitions, and the impact you're making is so huge now. I mean, not that it wasn't before, but I just see – not only is the impact seeming to be uh, louder and having almost having a, a more resonant impact, I guess, um, but it feels like your alignment and your passion behind it is at an all-time high from what I've seen over the past few years. So tell us a little bit about um, your, your journey and how you got to where you are and, and now the, the ultimate sales shift and where that fits into the, the puzzle. Sure. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, you know, the, 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 the short concise version is that the, the whole closing thing, you know, when, when people hear it, it, it routinely gets people uh, furrowed brows and, you know, naysayer and that's impossible, can't be done. And, and you know, it really all came from, of course, that it, it wasn't me sitting around trying to think of some cute marketing angle and think, oh, this will sound interesting or something or polarizing. Mm-hmm. It, it's just simply came from, you know, I, it, back in college, I was going to check out a gym. I went in there. The It was uh, back in the days where they they put you in the sales cubicle. The guy's like, hey, let, you know, we'll hold on to your hold on to your driver's license and, you know, we'll take you around, do it for the gym and blah, blah. And we'll just, you know, we hold on to this. And then at the very end, the guy sat there and he, and he had me in the room trying to close me for like 25, 30 minutes. And, and it was after I'd said no, probably four or five times. And it it was that, that literal scenario of the guy would not give me my driver's license back because he had it on the other side of the desk. And I kept saying, I was like, listen, dude, I'm not joining give me my driver's license back so I can get out of here. And, and I'm the most nonviolent guy on the planet. And, and it was one of the only times in my life. And, and my best friend was sitting right next to me. 
And, and I, I had the thought that I was going to reach across the desk and just absolutely just drag the guy across because I, I couldn't believe somebody was, was that mean, that nasty, that aggressive. Yeah. And, and so I, I left and I was shaking my friends like, dude, I've never seen you so riled up. And I was like, I, I can't believe somebody would do that. Well, two weeks later, I had my first opportunity in college uh, to uh, a sales position. So they're like, hey, come in, we'll do a half day training, get you going. Half day training, they talk about close this and close. And if they say this, you do that. And if they say this and that, and then if they say this, come back with this and that. And it was just all of this just bullshit manipulation. It, it was all about selling the thing. It was what benefited the company. It was absolutely not about benefiting the, 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 the prospect at all. And that, of course, uh, stuck with me deeply. So as I started getting into my journey into going from the guy doing a network marketing thing to the guy getting into a retail store, to the guy getting into business to business sales, to the guy running the commercial division, the guy owning the company, my shift started when I stopped reading all of the sales books, how to sell, how to sell, how to sell. And I started reading the body language books, the, the high level communication books, the sales psychology books, the neurolinguistic programming books, uh, started befriending these people that were very high level in these areas and, and language of the mind and why we think certain ways and how we respond and why we do it and why some people want testimonials and why some people get angered by testimonials understanding all of that, it all got into this deep knowledge of if I can help you sincerely help you, I want to do everything in my power, wave my hand in your face and say, not only can I help you, Jeremy, but I want to be able to communicate trust and rapport in every way I can possibly pull out of my book to get the help to you that I know can benefit you. But I do not want the end of this conversation to be me trying to figure out the angle to come at you to close you to benefit me that I don't know that's benefiting you. But what I do want to do is communicate on such a deep, rich, high level that at the end of our conversation, we are so connected. There's so much trust. There's so much rapport and understanding and deep structure communication about what's really happened during that time that you're saying, Dallas, how do we get started? Like, what are the, what are the next steps? How do we get this thing going? that's how I want to run my business. And, and when I made that shift, it, the, I became the number one network marketing guy, the number one retail guy, the number one commercial guy, the number one B2B guy. It, it just all changed despite everyone saying, you got to be a closer, dude. You got to be a closer. Um, I, I've never, ever bought into that philosophy, not, not since that occasion in the gym. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think that's really interesting. The, that process that, that we go through, you know, depending on what sales structure you use, you come to the point where, hey, it's offer time. And, you know, if it's from the stage or whatever, some people have an actual physical change in their body language because of their discomfort in being there. And that triggers a change in, you know, the client or the audience's body language um, or their in their mentality as well. And it's, I, I've always worked towards not creating that conflict point at the end, right? Like, and I think that's what you're telling, you know, talking, you're talking at an extreme level in this, the case at the gym. And that's, that's, that's how salespeople get bad names, right? That's, 
It is, it is the way. And you said, we, we all have our story, the thing that kind of led us to the point where we are and why we act the way we do and our values and our beliefs and all that stuff. But it, it ultimately, if it wasn't for that, of course, well, then I, I may have been on a completely different path. Um, but that was there to serve the purpose it did, where it was so abrasive. And then to have that, that, you know, instance two weeks later when the guy was just, it was all about, Hey, if you got to screw the customer to make the sale, you know, those words didn't come out of his mouth, but that was absolutely what the message was like, whatever you got to freaking do, if you got to shove this thing down their throat to make them buy it, you do it. And so here's a million different ways to kind of close them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's just, it, it reeked of, of disingenuine, dishonesty, ill-intentioned, bad ethics, you know, ill-directed morals. It was just all of that stuff. So it was just, well, how can we communicate on super high levels? When I talk to people all the time and they tell me about, well, you know, I've read this book about this close. And then, and then I went to this Grant Cardone thing and he said to bring up this close. And then there's this thing and this thing. And what they're missing is the first 90% of the communication was not structured in a way that got them into deep trusted rapport where they're communicating like the other person communicates. When you do that, like mm-hmm. you say, you get to make, you get to extend help yeah. rather than Jeremy, I got to close you now. Okay. I mean, do you like being closed? Do you know anybody in your life who says, I love to be closed? Oh, I love to be closed, especially when it's really hard and aggressive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no one says that. So that's what screws up salespeople. Like you said, they, Everything changes. If they're on the phone, their breathing changes. If they're on a stage, their face, their body, their state changes. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, now this feels awkward because I got to do this thing that I know is kind of screwing people. It's kind of, I'm kind of closing them rather than I'm going to offer you love and help. Right. And it's it's interesting. I I, uh, often compare this when I'm working with clients and teams um, to a wedding proposal. You know, you're in a relationship and, you know, I, I don't know anybody that's going to get down on one knee and pop the question without at least having an inkling that the person's ready to say yes. Hopefully. Right? <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Right. Um, because what happens is if that person doesn't say yes, they say no, or, you know, it creates this huge tension. Like just imagine this and, you know, hopefully you haven't been through it, but um, you know, a proposal that goes wrong well, in any movie I've seen or TV, which is should not be my reference for the show, but for this it is, um, it doesn't end well, right? Like it's just huge conflict that is really hard to get over, if at all, if yeah. they can at all get over it. And that's what we do with sales conversations when we focus on the tactical side of making a close. But if it, we treat it like any other relationship where we want to get to know someone, we want to connect, we want to find the problems, we want to help them achieve their hopes and dreams. And then... If we're ready to ask them to commit to us, and hopefully you've been in some kind of synergy in the process, and you pop the question, and in sales it's the same, you pop the question, hopefully you've learned enough where you sense enough of their body language or communication, um, and in a lot of cases, you know, temperature checks throughout the conversation, right, that you, you're pretty confident they're going to say yes. But that seems to be a missing piece in most sales training. It's very tactical, very, they say this, turn it this way and ask your open-ended questions here and your closed-ended questions there. And then, you know, spin it this way. And I hate when the word spin is put into sales training, but the, it, true. 
Sorry, I get fired up over that. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Me and and when you know as it goes, of course, that when when that very thing and and some of these things sound they sound impossible, they sound improbable, they sound like made up stories. You know, I, I was on a call literally two and a half, three hours ago with, with one of the guys who would who would come on here and say that he was on a phone doing high ticket sales, and one week he was selling at 14, 15, 16% conversion rate. And then we had about a two hour lengthy conversation, a lot about the inside stuff, a lot about this, how to create the conversation, how to create the communication, how to create these deep value, deep structure, rapport, interest, trust in the individual. And the next week he had a 34% conversion ratio Wow, for real. But but it's not magic or, or any weird. It, it's it's literally it's just pivoting. It's that whole shift of I'm trying to sell something to I'm trying to help you, mm. and and the best way I can help you, Jeremy, is to be in rapport with you. If if you and I can't communicate, if we're not in rapport, we're not going to connect. We're not going to click. It never happens. So it's got to be that you and I are are in lockstep, right? We're, we're pacing with one another so that you and I are just like each other. So you're like, Dallas, you get it. You get it, man. You get it. And then it's like, and by the way, Jeremy, understanding how you move, how you think, the gestures you use, some of the terms you use, how you reflect, how I've heard you respond, the type of language I hear you using. Here's a really good way that I know that I can help you. And boy, when that when that sinks in. And then I can teach that to the sales team, to the sales manager, to the directors, that that is the method to use. It's the thing that, that, you know, we've taken companies that were 20 year old companies that had $2.3 million in commercial sales. And 19 months later, they were a $5.6 million commercial division. Mm, wow. It, it was just the shift in let's not go out and try to close people. Let's go out and be master communicators and all of those suckers that are trying to close them were dying on the vine. They were struggling like crazy when, when they're close, 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 close. And then our guy showed up, our gal showed up. And then they were starting to connect on these levels that none of the other companies could ever do. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's huge. So let, let's talk about the teams now. So when you go in and help companies, uh, obviously a lot of them have teams. Do you target your support and training at the reps specifically, or do you do some with the manager or where, where does that start for you when you go into an organization? Uh, to me, I always want it to be, you know, top down, like there, there, there's got to wherever the, the, the top of that org chart is going to be that, that is the interested party. Of course, um, if the, if the CEO is not interested in being a part of that conversation, then they're left out of it. But if, if we're getting into, you know, the VP of sales if it's an executive VP of sales, VP of sales, commercial director, sales manager, if it's on a commercial division, a certain vertical, whatever that is, I want to get up as high as I can because I want to make sure that they understand what we're doing. And I want all parties in the room. Ultimately, I want the the, the EVP, the VP, the commercial director, the manager, the reps. I want everybody inside of there because I want us all, again, this is, it's, it's pulling together, hmm. Right. It's, it's, it's going in and working with the sales team and then having the manager not bought in. It's working with the manager, but the sales team isn't bought in. It's working with the VP, but the VP doesn't have time to translate it accurately to the manager, which of course then never makes its way down to the team. Okay. So I, 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 
I absolutely, and, and what I found was unless that is made, like this is a requisite, it, it is required. It has to be this way or we just simply, we don't show up and, and provide the training. When, when you say all parties, when we begin this and all parties are stamped and fully bought in, that's what begins to change things. And, and then we want to go into the communication piece internally. So not just to the prospects, but you know, you and I off uh, off camera here, we're talking a little bit about like email Slack channels. That stuff has got to be on point uh, and in check or they're just wasting time like crazy right. in these companies. Mm. That, that That's huge. Yeah. So there's, uh, and, and let's touch on the tech because it's, I know it tends to be where people kind of lean in. And I mean, we've, we've talked about CRMs in past episodes here um, and, you know, different systems, but I know that the systems are only as good as the people that design them. Right. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about what recommendations you have. And I know, you know, the systems themselves aren't necessarily where your, your normal focus is, but if you can just share a couple tidbits around on the tech side, um, things to watch out for or things to look for, um, you know, you know, positive or negative it, when it comes to the system so that you don't get sucked down that rabbit hole. Because I know personally, I invested in my first uh, CRM slash email management system for my business in, I don't know, 2014, I guess, and 2015, whatever year it was. And uh, I just, I, I, I searched for two and a half, three months to decide on something. And then I just picked whatever the most expensive one was, assuming that that meant it was the best. Yeah. So, so like to share with the audience, like what, what you've seen, what you recommend as far as not necessarily a particular tool, but how to, how to look at it. Well, the, the thing on the, on the communication and, you know, you've heard me use the term already a couple of times, you know, deep value production should be the leading force, not convenience. Companies have driven so far into the convenience side, and, and it just essentially comes to that, you know, I, I think we're just not really good at figuring out the business side of things with now the, the digital age we're in. Because it, I, I've been in so many companies where they put me into the Slack channel, and there's eight, nine, ten people in there, and there's 50, 60 messages bouncing all over the place during an hour. And, and if they're trying to get hold of one of the sales guys, Matthew, and, and there'll be like eight, 10, 12 mentions at Matthew's like at Matthew, at Matthew, are you seeing this? Hey, at Matthew, are you busy at Matthew? I want to make sure you're seeing this at Matthew. Get back as soon as you can ASAP at Matthew. And it's like they a, they think, wow, we haven't taught our teams to be as distracted as we need them to be. We need to really train them to be much more distracted so that they're not focusing on the high value, deep production stuff. Right. And we know, I mean, there, there are, there are studies out there, psychology studies. There are neuroscience studies that tell us that the more we bounce around to these different things, the more of that residual is left that we, we come back to talk, we come back to our thing dumber. So if you and I are talking and then I just check my phone for 20 seconds and then I come back into this, I come back to the conversation, literally dumber. It, it's, mm. it's like, it's like I've taken a reverse nootropic to like make me an idiot. And then it takes me time to then get back into that conversation. So rather than you and I and six other people in, in a, in a Slack channel, all figuring it out as we go. And, you know, we're kind of, here we go and we're rocking and rolling and we're, we're bouncing through this stuff and we're figuring it out as we go. Why not just sit down for an hour? If we're on the same location, either that, or if we're not in the same location, be on a video conference like this and have a deep 
knowledge, valued structure meeting for an hour so that we know exactly what it is we're going to accomplish and then move forward from that deep strategy that we put into place rather than having this kind of conversational, let's go, we'll talk our way through it type mentality. Mm. It's awful. It's, it's awful. And it literally kills the production of the company. Well, it, it, you know, I read a, a book and oh, I forget the title of it, but the, the author made a quote and it impacted me so much that I actually put it on Facebook that day. And we're like talking three years back now, but it was something to the effect of um, anything you want in life or any problem in life, uh, you know, can be solved with usually with one uncomfortable conversation. And we end up defaulting to texts and emails and even like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Voxer because you can use voice. You can you have tonality when you send messages with Voxer, right. but you're still only in snippets, right? And you're absolutely distracted in between the conversation because it's kind of like a voicemail that you don't dial into, right? right? So there's nothing that beats the real conversation. So, um, and I had a conversation with somebody earlier this week talking about effectiveness over efficiency. And, you know, you can be, you can't be efficient until you're effective, right? And so what you're talking about is if the tech isn't right, if you're not, if you're not set up properly, then you need to focus on being more effective by just having these conversations. There's, there's going to be a more efficient way you can do it after, but Jeremy, you and I can figure out a convenient way to do business. No doubt about it. Yeah. We can do convenient all day. I can teach sales teams the convenient way to do it, but it's not the deep value production. Right. So do we want to hit the 10 million or the hundred million dollar mark? Well, there's the way that we know that works through psychological studies, through neuroscience that tells us that deep value work means all of us getting hold up into a space for maybe an hour, maybe two hours. Yes, we're busy. Yes, our phones are blown up, blah, blah, blah. But we're figuring out the required deep strategy and the deep value production that will allow us to accomplish the ultimate goal and to be able to push beyond it. Or we can do it the real convenient way, which is hopping up a Slack channel and ping, ping. Well, how about you? Ping, ping. Hey, Jeremy, ping, ping, ping. And we just kind of work our way through it. And while I'm out in the car and in the field, and we're just kind of discussing it and figuring our way out while we're going and course correcting and it, man, it's a mess. I mean, to say the least, it's a mess. It's far less convenient. I know it's far less convenient. I also know which one produces bigger numbers. Right. That's huge. Awesome. Awesome. So this, there's so many ways I can take this. And I'm, I, I feel like we could, like, I already feel like we need to have like two or three more interviews because <laughs> there's, there's so many things we can dig into. Um, but for the sake of time, um, I want to dive in just really quickly before we go into our lightning round because everybody loves the lightning round. Um, the what do you find the? Uh, I want to ask this question properly because thinking before you communicate is very valuable, <laughs> especially when you're live. Um, ask it anyway. I'll know. One what of, yeah, one of the challenges I think a lot of people run into when they're trying to train a team. Um, train reps, even, you know, management, when this training happens, how do you handle it when you've got this one rogue rep or advisor or whatever, um, that just says, I've got my way. It works for me. Leave me alone. Super easy. Uh, and, and really super easy. Uh, and, and, and I, I think, Sometimes the real simple kind of obvious stuff that's right in front of our face is the stuff that we, you know, over time, we kind of start to ignore. 
almost everyone probably that'll watch this or, or ever hear this in their lifetime will have heard the term core values. Mm-hmm. However, they can't begin to tell you if they're the company owner, they don't have them written down and in no way, shape or form have they ever really diagnosed what those are. And they've certainly never shared it with their team. So if you have core values that are growth mindset, 360 giving, caring, if these are some of your growth mind in some of your core values and you have four or five of these identified, like this is who the company is. We, you know, we can talk about this for hiring. You, right. I don't care about your experience. I really don't. But if you're a go-getter, if you're smart, and if you align with our core values, you're automatically going to be spoken to at a very deep level to see where can I find, if you align with my core values and you're a go-getter, I want to find a place for you in my company. Mm. I want to find a place for you. So if I have the salesperson who is the, as you say, the rogue, it, it, very simply, it's like, okay, number one, are, are you are you in line with our core values? And if they're not aligned with our core values, meaning that we have a way of doing the business, we have a way of communicating, we have a way of doing service, we have a way of following up, we have a sh- way of showing appreciation. If these things are not being shown and they're not aligning with our core values, they're done. They're gone because, you know, same old, same old, the, the moment, the moment you demonstrate through your actions to the rest of the company, that your core values are the things that you write on the wall, but they're not paid attention to, then there's no reason to, for anybody to pay attention to this stuff. So you deeply align with your core values, say, this is what we're about. This is what we stand for. This is who we are. This is who we hire. And if you're not in alignment with that, there's nothing right or wrong about it. There's no ill will and I don't do it. It's nothing personal, but you just simply don't align with my core values. Mm. You're not aligned with the company's core values. Therefore, this won't work. If you want to have a conversation about how we can get realigned on those things, yeah, maybe we can do that. But if you're not aligned with the company's core values, if you're not those four or five things that, that, definitively describes who we are and what we do, you're not going to work as a new hire and you're not going to work as an existing person either way. Awesome. That's huge. Thank you for that. I think I, I would bet that that, that piece of information made a huge shift for a lot of people because <clears throat> I having those core values to lean on because people, oh, you know, do I let them go? Do I try to work with them? But you're right. You made it very simple and we often make it far too complicated. So thank you for that. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, lightning round. Lightning round. Now, here's the problem. My first question has a bad word in it based on what you say. It's probably the C word, isn't it? The C word because. All right. Because in my All right. So we are. I I understand the vernacular. I hear it a dozen (laughs) times a day. And it's not right or wrong vernacular, right? Right. It's not right or wrong intention. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a bad word. It's not the wrong word. In in my way isn't the right way. Um I, I it's a different way. That's all it is. Yeah. So my first question is, we all know coffee's for closers. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of coffee or comparable drink? Well, uh, for the coffee thing right now, and especially since we're in the summer months doing this, it is a good old cold brew. Mm. I love going to, and, and I mean, they are the big company. And I wish I could say, gosh, there's this neat little niche, little awesome coffee house thing that I love. And, and it, there's only one in the country and they have this special way of doing things. I love to go to Starbucks mm-hmm. and I love to get a good old cold brew or they have their clover machine where it's essentially they're pressing the water through the grounds 
and it's it's like a it's like a giant French press. So either a French press during the cool months or a cold uh, cold brew during the hot months. <laughs> Love it. Awesome, awesome. Now, what's the number one book or movie you'd recommend to sales reps or sales leaders? I, I go immediately towards what kind of book have you what have you been exposed to in the past? And it, depending on what that is, it's going to be something about either if you're doing live, if you're in the room with them, I want you to understand body language. Mm. Like we, we all know that that pie, right? That pie's existed for 50 years since the 50s, 60s. You know, the, the body language, the tonality, the, the, the words. We're all using words 7% of the time, most of the time. Email, Slack channel, 7% bad way to communicate. So if we're going to be inside the place, I'm going to recommend something on high level body language and how to communicate that. If you're someone that's doing it more over the phone, I want you to understand how to be able to understand how they're thinking through their words and through their tonality. So it's going to be something much more like a sales psychology or even getting into some kind of a form of neuro-linguistic programming. Really understand these are the different ways that people mind, see things, hear things, feel things. And when you can begin to touch into that kind of stuff, your phraseology, the way you respond and reply and, and walk them through these conversations just changes. Love it. Love it. So focus on the things that are going to make the needle move most for that. Positively. Positively. Awesome. Now, who's someone you consider a mentor in your life? Gosh, you know, I, and, and this is probably one of these that, you know, it, it goes against it's none of the sales people, but a guy, Greg Hartley, um, he was, a, a, a special forces, 20 years, um, worked inside. He was in Afghanistan and Iraq and all that special forces. He was interrogation specialist. Now, some people hear interrogation and they automatically think, you know, waterboarding and torture and all these, they had all these bad thoughts. He, he's spoken, uh, on Capitol Hill and in front of a state committee, uh, uh being, completely against torture 100% because he thinks it, it does nothing. What he is, is an extreme interpersonal communications expert, meaning he was the gentleman that I've worked with that I've had in my home, that I've read all of his books on body language. And he understands the nuance of how to baseline, how to be able to read the face, read the eyes, read them from the scalp to their souls, understand why their hand is in a position it levels. I mean, he was the guy that they turned to when they were trying to find out where the IUD was that was maybe going to blow up a bunch of people. Where was the bad guy that was hiding all of the missiles and all of the bombs that were going to kill a bunch of innocent folks? So his job depended on paying attention to the movement, the breathing, the flicker of the eye, the thing that they said, the thing that they did, the movement that they made when he asked a certain question. And when you can be inside of a room with someone and understand why they're displaying these certain regulators, these certain adapters, these certain barriers, the light bulb literally will go off. I mean, it will literally will go off when you see someone do this thing and you see that they're doing this kind of this adapter movement because they're a little uncomfortable. Now you know how to steer the conversation in a direction because you don't want them feeling uncomfortable during your sales presentation. You want them at ease, relaxed, joyful, happy. It's a huge difference maker. That's awesome. Wow. That's, that's exciting. Now, now I'm going in my head going, when I touch my beard, what do you think that means? <laughs> It, 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 it's interesting. It, I mean, it, it really, that's like, depending on what you're baselined and what the questions are, uh, start by asking some other questions. I'll answer questions that I know what I'm going to get the answer to. And then after I baseline, then from there, I start asking the different questions. Sometimes it's just because that's comfortable. <laughs>
Sometimes it's just because you're being thoughtful. Mm. You know, it's not like every single thing is like, oh, what does that mean? He scratched his temple. It's like, well, maybe I had an itch right here, yeah. you know, but you can absolutely regulate and start to see, you know, if, if every time we talk about something that's talking about a thing that's uncomfortable, a thing that you don't like, a thing that you've had a challenge with, the sales team that didn't work out, how your sales are down, how last quarter tanked, how the last company you were with didn't work out so well. And if every time you start doing this, when you start talking about the bad stuff, I'm like, that's that can be an adaptive signal. You're trying to comfort yourself by stroking your beard because that takes you back to a bad time. So you're trying to comfort yourself. That's an adaptive mechanism you have. So, I mean, it, it all, it all relates. It really does. Very cool. Okay. My favorite question, what's the strangest thing you do in your daily routine that keeps you on your game? What's, and I'm sorry, what's the strangest thing? Yeah. Wow. Easy. Again, uh, I don't know how strange it is, but uh, my alarm goes off at 432 um, in the morning. So at 432, that's my little way of 432. And then I say one, and then I get up. So that I immediately get myself out of bed and then I go immediately and I get in, I, I turn my shower and I don't wait, don't hesitate, turn the shower on as cold as I can absolutely, as cold as it'll go. And then I stand in there for about two and a half to three minutes and do that real ice cold shower soak, make sure I get the face, get my chest, my stomach under my arms, my back. And what that has taught me to do, and it took 30 days and someone told me it would take me a little bit of time, but it is kept me from negotiating with myself. So the amount of time that I negotiate with myself has gone down dramatically, meaning you're in the back of the shower and you feel that ice cold water, like kind of spraying and sprinkling on your feet and your legs. And you can sit there for a minute. You can sit there for five minutes, 20 minutes, like, Oh, it's going to hurt. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Oh, this is going to be a doozy. Oh my gosh. This one's going to really be a painful one. Or you can just step in there and just boom. And you just step into it and you just ah, deep diaphragmatic, control your breathing, calm thinking. And as I'm doing that, it is absolutely the thing that gets me that when I, when the phone calls required, I do the phone call much faster when the emails required much faster, when the response much faster, when, when that challenging thing occurs, get back to it much faster. It, it is literally has reprogrammed my brain to not negotiate with myself and to just, just do it. And if, if people are doing that with speed and accuracy, again, sales off the charts. That's awesome. I especially like the the four thirty two. I'm I'm a Mel Robbins fan, so five four three two one. But you but you wake up and you're done. It's like one. That's it. It, it it literally that that's a derivative of that. It's yeah. literally a derivative of that. Is I could have said it for four thirty, but I'm like, eh, that really doesn't do anything. But four three two, it absolutely like it goes off in it. One. Wow. It's go that's time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. Okay, so Dallas, where can people find more about you? Um, the, the best place probably is just going to the website is dallashardcastle.com. It's a Dallas, just like the city, D-A-L-L-A-S, hardcastle.com. Uh, and uh, that's a place where they can, you know, see a little bit of video. They can see a bunch of testimonials. And uh, if there's uh, any kind of outreach that they want to have, they can either always private message me, of course, on things like a Facebook or shoot me an email. Um, but that's really a great place that uh, it'll give you an opportunity to kind of see what we're about. Uh, things that we've done for a whole lot of other clients and, and potentially maybe something that we could do to help you. Awesome. And you've got something you want to give away to our audience. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it is a, an actual, the process map, and this is a, a, let me say it in the way it's a simplified expanded version, meaning that we have a, a mind map that is re- 
ridiculously um, so many arms and branches out of this thing. It would it cause people's eyes to go crooked and it would not be useful because it's, it's very kind of complex and all this stuff. Um, this is a very good five step deep methodology to be able to go through and utilize for when you're in the conversation and when you're trying to create the conversion so that you can do it there and then and not have a ton of follow-up and back and forth. It's a five-step pretty deep process that we use, but it gets into the mindset of how to go through these steps, how to have the conversation, how to set it up, how to kind of pre-pave and pave, set it up, get everything framed properly, know who you're talking to, and then make sure that they understand the commitment and the help that they are going to get ready to receive it. it it's a really good piece. Awesome. Awesome. And so we've got that link on the screen. We will put it in the notes as well. So you can click it. Um, if you're listening and you've got a great memory, it's go dash Dallas hardcastle.com forward slash sales dash shift dash one a. Um, so I'll put that link. So it's clickable Dallas. Thank you so much for being here. Um, it's, it's been a blast and I feel like we need like four more episodes, but, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how your schedule <laughs> will, uh, will work with that. Uh, but thank you so much. It was awesome. Um, any last words for the audience? Jeremy, Hey, thank you. I sincerely appreciate the opportunity to be on here with you in the conversation. So thank you very, very much. And, and last words for the audience is, you know, I, I know it sounds counterintuitive to most people that the, the moment you hear, you know, Kleenex, it's tissue. The moment you hear sales is closing, and, and people have come to me more hundreds of times over the years that I could ever count on, well, if you don't close people, well, then obviously you're not selling. I, I, I promise you, I know it on the onset, I know on the surface, it sounds counterintuitive. I know it does. Um, I can also promise you that when we create that shift in companies, there are companies that are sometimes, depending on the size of the company, they're moving up their sales 20 or 30%. If it's the smaller business that we're having those sometimes move up 300%, 500%. 1200% higher. It, it really, the messaging, the language, everything that goes around that as you're warming them up and bringing them into your culture, indoctrinating them into that conversation. And then once you have the conversation, when that's all done with a no closing mentality and you're there to serve, to help, to connect, to communicate, to go deep and to really take care of them, it will change your sales. I promise you. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Dallas. Guys, thank you for watching, listening. I'm Jeremy DeMerchant, your host. And for upcoming episodes and for past episodes, go to salesteamrescue.com. We will see you again next Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Until then, remember, get uncomfortable, get results. Cheers, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.